After the man, Adam, had eaten of the tree, the Lord God called to the man and asked him, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, but I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. In that first reading that the liturgy gives us today on the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary, there we have recounted the first instance in all of human history of shame, of fear, of thinking that who we are and what we have is not enough, of turning away from love, of feeling threatened. All of that was the immediate result of the first fall. And it has been characteristic of the human condition ever since. Right? We were created in that perfect original harmony. Originally, there was nothing of which to be ashamed. Other people were not threats to us, but brothers and sisters. They were opportunities to love rather than obstacles to our joy. And yet, from that first moment of that first sin, a wedge was created. For the first time, we looked at ourselves and we thought, I'm not enough. We didn't see something lovable there. Instead, we saw something vulnerable, something that could be hurt, something that needed protection. And throughout the centuries, that cycle has continued. What's worse is that that first reading continues. Then God asked, who told you that you were naked? You have eaten then from the tree of which I had forbidden you to eat. The man replied, The woman whom you put here with me, she gave me fruit from the tree, and so I ate it. Friends, there is the first instance of the blame game that we have continued playing down through the centuries. We always want someone to blame. It's never us, obviously. Right? If there's tensions in my family, it's obviously someone else's fault. If I'm not getting along with my kids, then it's either them or it's the way that my parents raised me or it's what they're getting at the schools or it's that, that darn screen that they keep on watching. But we're so scared of having to face the fact that maybe at times the blame falls on us. Right? Immediately what Adam does is he blames The woman, and in doing so, blames God. He says, the woman that you put here with me, she told me to eat, so I ate it. Always passing the buck. Saying someone else is to blame. But sometimes not just in instances of sin, sometimes with tragedies too. We have to find somebody to blame. A child gets sick. Maybe it's a serious illness. And we think, who can we blame for this? Was it, was it me? Did I not take good enough care? Was it what's in the water? Was it? Ultimately, we end up pointing the finger, just like Adam, at God himself and saying, you're to blame. And this cycle, it hasn't exactly brought joy, fulfillment, this contentment in our lives. No, even when we find the right person to blame, the problem still persists. And then God did something new. Instead of continuing this cycle of shame, hiding, fear, self-loathing, seeing others as competition, seeing them as someone to blame, 
the Lord restored humanity in Mary. And that is the beauty of what we celebrate today is we are celebrating restored humanity. We are celebrating humanity brought back to that original harmony that Adam and Eve enjoyed before they turned from the Lord who loved them. In Mary, we have hope for all humanity because all that we celebrate in Mary, we can hope for in ourselves. She was the forerunner of what is to come for every Christian. Because when God preserved Mary from sin, it was the exact same grace at work there as is at work in us when he pardons us of our sins. She was able to enjoy fullness of grace every instant of her being, but she still could have chosen otherwise. She just didn't. So while she never fell from grace, we can be picked up from grace and brought to a higher level no matter how deeply we've fallen. That's the beauty of what we celebrate today. It's not just a, uh, a, a thanking God for something that he did well in the past. It's an asking God to do something great here in the present. It's saying, I know that because you were able to preserve my blessed mother from all stain of sin, you can wash me clean from every stain of sin that I have. Friends, as powerful as what happened at the Immaculate Conception when Our Lady was preserved from sin is what happens in the confessional when you are pardoned of sin. In some sense, it's even more powerful. That God, rather than just keeping you from it, once you've fallen, can actually reach down and pick you up out of it. To make you immaculate. Because that's what you are when you walk out of that confessional. When you have given all of your sins to the Lord, you're perfectly clean. But it requires a certain level of courage, a certain level of faith, a face-to-face encounter with another, just like what happened with Mary. Right? She was preserved from grace, but for the sake that she could say those blessed words, may it be done unto me according to thy word. So she can become a fit dwelling for the Son of God, who was made man in her womb. She had to actively participate. She had to, when the angel Gabriel came to her, actually say something. To say, yes, I want to cooperate with God's plan. That's why for us also it's not enough to just in our hearts be sorry for our sins. No, the Lord wants us to use our faculties to, with our lips, say, I did this. To undo what Adam and Eve did. Instead of saying, oh, no, 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 all of my problems are these other people's fault. He wants us to stop the blame game. To be able to say, you know what? I did this. I chose to do this. I'm going to claim it then I'm going to leave it here. I'm going to leave this confession a free man or a free woman. It's beautiful that the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception almost always falls during Advent. I think, in fact, always it does. Because it fits so beautifully with this season, which is a season of repentance, a season of preparing our souls to be fit dwelling places for God himself. And we do that in our repentance. We do that in our confession. We do that daily in our prayer. And I pray that we do that today in this Mass. The responsorial psalm for today is also a beautiful one. It says, Sing a new song to the Lord, for He has done marvelous deeds. And we might say, how can I sing a song that's never been sung? He's been praised by people all throughout the world, all throughout the centuries. What can I give him that he doesn't already have? The song of your life. 
lived better. The song of you giving your sins to him and allowing him to change the way that you live. Today's a beautiful opportunity because we have a beautiful mother. A mother who's praying for us at this instant that what she had by God's preparation, we may enjoy by God's pardon. So I invite you at this Mass to come to him with all that you have. To ask him to make you immaculate in those places where you might have been stained by sin. To ask you to be as fit a dwelling place for him as his blessed mother is. So that all of us can be celebrated today as those who by God's grace have been freed from the chains of sin.